Right. So flat Earth claim number one, we see too far. Just a prediction, a little bit of math at distance, things should disappear underneath the curve of the Earth, and there should be nothing to be seen. Ultimately, we see further than this prediction. We can see things at 20 miles away when we shouldn't, 30, 40, 100, 1,000 miles away, depending on the technology using and depending on our altitude. Long-distance observations demonstrate that we see too far. That's literally first claim. We observe always the Earth to be flat. Well said, sir. Well said. All right. You know maths and geometry, right? We're on a ball. I'm, okay, I'm not going to lie. I'm not very good at, like, maths. Well, no, that's why I'm going to break it down to you. We're on a ball. Uh, cool. It's a joke, right? You have to understand that maths can apply, and we can figure things out. You know, the radius, the diameter, the circumference. The radius, the point from the middle to the outside, the diameter across the whole of the, sort of the circle, and the circumference all the way around, these distances. Now, if we can use math to figure out the drop on a, say, a curved surface, you at all times standing on this ball from every direction away from you should be curving down. With distance, it's always going down and away. And that means we can use math to figure out what drop in point A, you and point B, a thing at distance. The calculation is very simple. It's eight inches per mile squared. Sounds complicated. I'll break it down for you. So, wait, 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 wait. I'll tie it, my friend. Yeah, go right. on. I'm blasting you. Go on. So, like, at every curve, yeah, you get pi, and then you time, like, you square it by the radius, and you divide it by two. That's what you're trying to say. Well, at least you know what I'm talking about. You know that math applies when we're trying to figure out something that applies to geometric shape. So, we can figure like I was saying, between point A, U, on top of the ball, and point B, the thing at distance. The distance, 8 inches per mile squared. So you have to remember it, it gets worse and worse and worse, further down and down and down, because it's a curve, right? Not a slant, not a hill, a curve. So one mile over a water body, say the sea or a lake or something that is water. After one mile, it's 8 inches of drop. After three miles, it's six foot of drop. After 10 miles, it's 66 foot of drop. So very simply, this is something that we should observe. We should be able to measure and we should be able to practically use. But with this, the observation will dictate to you what you cannot see at distance. Long distance observation supersede this prediction of the bull. In sometimes by a hundredfold, we see far too far for any explanation ball Earth can give us. So flat Earth claim number one, guys, we see too far. What you also have to remember is this is done over water. Now water is very specific within this argument. Because when you have a body of water at rest, say within a cup or your bath or a swimming pool, it's level, right? Apart from the ripples, water is level. We use water level as a tool to find level. We build upon a level, for example. But water is very specific. When it's contained, it is level. 
what they've got you believing us and everybody else is this water level doesn't apply now when you are on a ball there should be curvature over this water 71 percent of the earth's surface is water so it should be conforming to the curved shape of the earth this is where the geometric calculation of eight inches mass squared is most relevant long distance observations over body of water supersede the prediction flat earth claim number one guys we see too far but wouldn't this be a thing about perspective perspective no. yes absolutely because you see the whole world in perspective so when you make the observation you are most definitely taking a perspective into account perspective works like this angular size put your hand in front of your face right it looks big it's covering all of your eyes the full angle that your eye can consume move your hand further away it reduces the angle that your hand space within your eye because it gets further away now as your hand has not actually changed you observe it to change size it apparently so changes size no it means that our eye limit we have a limitation to how far we can see now ultimately when we make an observation we see with our eyes and we move to binoculars a telescope or a camera with a zoom function for example with high powered optical equipment we see far too far so yes we do have a limitation with what we can see with our eyes and we will always see things in perspective and perspective must be accounted for when observing things at distance perspective weird things happen for example it makes things appear to ascend from one horizon and then descend down to another horizon but you know that <sighs> this actually isn't taking place for example a cloud or an aircraft hasn't changed its altitude above the surface of the earth it appears to you to rise one horizon and then descend down to another horizon after it's passed over you it appears yeah perspective might I, be taken into account i guess i'm just you're robotic the gypsy you could try disconnecting and reconnecting that usually helps okay it helped thank you very much There's two of them in this group, isn't there? One sound like it's from Birmingham. Swan stories and wang sound very Yo, soon. hello. Yo. Can everyone hear me? Yeah, we hear you. Hey, Swan stories, you going to go to the pub tonight? Alright, you two. I see you got Nando's. Yeah, you can come off here then if you're going to mess about. I'm not. I, I'm actually not missing. Back no, I'm just asking. I know me. Yeah, on, on a serious let, sound like you're having a job controlling us. So nah, I'm not why would we do that? Okay, why, why yeah, would we do up. that? Though? Hold on. Yeah, before we get off track here, we were just answering some questions about the shape of the Earth. So if anyone has any questions, we can get right back on topic because we're not going to veer down this rabbit hole. We're going. Yeah. I'm still curious about To be that. honest, I'm really considering just banning some people because I've never seen Jedi so calm and nice that I want to be like, <laughs> fuck these guys right now. I'm sorry. Yep, you can be quiet. Yeah, happy. Did you have a... Hey, what? 
Okay, you can, you can oh, go. Yeah, well, I might just jump out my window right now if I'm sweat on. Okay, well, you might get a rude, you guys actually get me oh, sad. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. you're muted, boys. These are muted, so don't waste your breath. Go on, Happy, what was your question? Or whoever was asking. Oh, Somebody sorry. else can answer it, I was Me, um... And you're uh, super sorry. quiet, Happy. Can you speak up a little bit? Sorry, yeah, sure. Um, so I was wondering about the perspective thing and how we can't know things from other people's perspective. So if we were on the globe Earth, and you're saying that it would dip down on, like, all around us, if we were mm -hmm. on a globe Earth, but, like, we don't have something to scale for something that small. If it was on Earth, that would make it look flat. Right. I've been thinking about this. I'm going to break this down for you very simply. Get a ball, sure. put your finger on it. All right. From every point every downwards... Point downwards. Sorry, but every point at this point is curving downwards. Relative to your position on the ball, every surface is curving down and away. Because it's curving down and away, you can mathematically figure out how much drop over distance. With a thing at distance of a known height and your altitude above that surface, you can mathematically figure out how much you can see at distance. This is the prediction within the ball Earth model. So perspective is and isn't taken into account with this, but ultimately we're figuring out the drop between you, point A, and every surface descending down and away, point B at distance, the curve of an arc. Yeah. So perspective, things will get smaller at distance. Of course they do. Right, uh, the car hasn't got smaller. It's just looking smaller. Now, yeah. with distance, angular size, and that's all it does to you, the observer. So, no, we're not taking anybody else's point of view into it. This is how you see the world. You see it in perspective, right? Yeah. So, when you observe the Earth, things just get further and further away until you can't see them anymore. Not because there's a curve in the way. Curvature of the Earth does not and is not the cause of things reducing in size, is it? It's just distance. I see your point. I see your point. Oh, yeah. And you ain't moving either. <laughs> but how would you know if we're not moving? How would you know that we are? The claim is against what you observe. Or what you feel or what the earth displays the earth displays no movement right so the claim is that it does where's the proof to pardon you the said where is the proof the burden of proof is on the assertion against what you observe at this point and what we all observe and what the earth displays no movement right so the burden of proof is on those who assert that there is movement. So where is that proof? Well, like, it's just another thing about perspective. Yeah. That's, like, that's weird. When you're on a train, you don't feel yourself moving unless there's acceleration. And right. people well, outside would say that the train is moving. I'll, I'll answer that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's 
Well, it's just not analogous, right? Because that train is not exhibiting the movements that they're assuming, right? So, yeah, you have the, the, the forward momentum of the train. However, that train's also, if the analogous, or if the analogy were to be correct and on point, it would be that the train would also be spinning and moving in a direction, which would create a vectored motion, which you would surely feel because they're two separate conflicting motions. So, I mean, I get the whole train analogy thing. Yeah, you don't feel movement on a train, but again, it's just not analogous to the situation of the earth spinning, moving, rocketing around the sun and, and all of that. So, I mean, yeah, you know, you, the acceleration, yeah, but even in our model, right, the heliocentric model or whatever, there, we are accelerating, but you still don't feel anything. Does that make sense? Accelerating how? Well, they have it in the model uh, that we are basically in an elliptical orbit around the sun, okay? And by nature of an elliptical orbit, that constitutes a, an acceleration, right? Because it's not a perfect circle. So at some point in that orbit, you're gonna reach the, the perihelion, aphelion uh, tangent where you're gonna be flung around, right? So there's always acceleration and deceleration going on. Every How three months. Yeah. yeah, but you going back to the point is you don't feel anything, right? Your senses tell you you don't feel anything. Right? There's no mo movement or motion that you feel, right? So again, going back to the assertion and the people making the claim that we are moving, we need proof, okay? Because they're asserting that we are moving. So that's true, what's the proof? I see. So you believe the earth is spinning, but it's also spinning around the sun. No, I believe no, the no. earth is stationary. The earth has actually never moved an inch, never moved an inch, ever. So the Earth has remained, huh? Like is so. Where's the? Oh, the the sun's spinning around the Earth. Everything the, above. Right. Yeah. You look up into the sky. Sorry, it's very simple. The floor's on the ground and it's level, and the sky's in the sky. You look up; those are the lights that are in the sky, not underneath you. Up in the sky, right? They move around the North Star, Polaris, and they go from east to west in circular light patterns. Sun and moon come from east and go to west. They come around, give their light, fuck off, it's night. Come back again, here's day. That's what we see. That's what's been observed for thousands of years of stellar observation. The lights in the sky revolving east. That's what they do. Point up there they are. They're not underneath you. There's not people underneath you in Australia. Right? Well... We're going to get to the isn't, but that's what they've got you believing. That's what you think. It's not true. If one looks up into the sky and there are light, there they are up in the sky. And up is relative to everyone. It's the same fucking up to all of us. It's not out. It's not outwards whilst we're, you know, we said this movement, right? Think about it. Why wouldn't we feel it? It's going in every direction. Have you ever been on a teacup ride? Yeah, you're spinning, you're orbiting an elliptical path, and you're fucking off with the sun in a direction at half a million miles an hour, corkscrewing with it. Now, are you trying to tell us that the Earth, fuck you, whether you believe it, the Earth with all of that water, these, with all of that water attached, would remain attached, and not just attached to it, freely flowing tidal water, storm systems, and perfectly calm lake days. Is water is just on the surface of the earth. It's not going anywhere. It doesn't display like it. 
doesn't display like it to me. It would most definitely act differently if it was going around the universe at almost 2 million miles an hour in multiple directions whilst you're spinning. And don't forget, it's 1,000 miles an hour, which is more than the speed of sound at 700 miles an hour around the equator. Move north or south, you slow down, and you're trying to tell us that, okay, in this instance, there's no acceleration or deacceleration. Depending on your placement on the ball, you're either in front of it or behind it. It's either pushing up underneath you or in behind. Right? Because it's going in the direction while spinning. And go. Freely flowing tidal water. Calm lake. Now the earth doesn't display that it's moving. So where is the evidence that it does? Why do you believe that the earth is going somewhere? Why yeah, do you believe the earth is a ball? One happy, and you may not have this evidence, and that's fine. You know, this is why we ask for it. That's fine. You, you know, maybe take a week or two or maybe research it. Maybe you can find some evidence that the earth does, in fact, exhibit motions and spinning, and maybe you could present us to that. We're not asking you, like, right now, right here. You know, just take a time, chew it over. You know, ask your friends, ask your teachers. I don't know. You know well, we're all ears, and I'm open for evidence, and I... You know, that's why we're here. We want to hear what you have to say. I don't really have any proof for anything that I know. It's all just fed to me, like you guys say. But I just mainly have questions about, like, how you explain certain things. Well, if you don't have proof, then you don't know. You believe in it. Pardon? If you don't have proof, you don't know. You believe. Well, like you said, you got fed. They told you this, but you don't know this because you don't have any proof. So, has proof of anything. I mean, you should have evidence of something at least. Other than that, it's just faith. We have evidence that the water is flat for many miles more than it should be because it's been measured. No, it's been measured with instruments, laser tests, laser lights that shine out in a straight line. It's there are measurements that have been taken place and it has gone way further than it's supposed to. There's more than one more than one test that have been done that proves that the water is flat. And one of them is a laser test. Another yeah, one have another been. one another one is that it's a uh, telescopes. You set a telescope on a tripod up on the beach, and then you can see an island that's 50 miles away. And at 50 miles, it should be over the curb like a half a mile or something. I mean, I, I don't know the exact calculations. I would have to get my calculator out and whatnot. But at 50 miles, there are land masses that can be seen through a telescope. And there are land and there are targets that can be hit with a laser beam. And if it was over the curve, yeah, that would be impossible. So we do have some evidence. Yes, we do. We do have those types of evidence. They don't prove the entirety of the flatness of the Earth, but they do prove that it should be way over the curve when it's not. So we do have evidence. I mean, the black swan is complete evidence where you can yeah. see the horizon way further than it's supposed to be on a. Exactly. That's another one. 
So from your understanding on water, how does it work? You fill a cup up, it's level. You fill up the bathtub, it's level. You go to the swimming bars, it's level. A lake is level. When does water start to curve? When you put a put a rock under it, it still stays level. It doesn't take the form of a rock. In your imagination. Word. Where the water curves. So happy what they're saying is that in, in reality, when we look at water, like if you were to go to your kitchen, pour yourself a glass of water, the top is always going to be level. And every other body you've ever seen in your life has always stayed level at the top. That's just how water behaves. But they told you gravity is keeping all of this ocean water curving around the ball, but like you've never experienced or seen that yourself. You're just believing that it does that. But and with water being level, right, and it covering 70% of the earth, the, the sphere model kind of doesn't make sense. Yeah. And like when they measured it, like they realized, oh my God, water does what water does. Water remains flat all the time. Which isn't really a stretch if you thought about it, right? And what's really interesting about water is if you were to measure curvature, the most easiest place to measure consistent curvature should be water because water should be getting pulled by the center of mass by gravity, right? It should be conforming to the exterior of a body at a certain rate, right? Curvature rate. Yeah. And that's why there's uh, the laser tests are very good in, um, indications that there is no measurable curvature for the globe they claim, at least. At least in my eyes, the WGS84 model has been thoroughly debunked with laser tests and long distance observations, and the black swan it's just destroyed. Would you like me to talk a little bit about the laser test itself and uh, go in a little bit more detail on it? Yeah, sure. Okay, so you kind of get the idea of shooting a laser across a large body of water, right? It's supposed to work like a straight edge. Uh, I'll give you an analogy that might be a little bit more easy to conceptualize. Like, get an orange, put a ruler on the orange. At some point, that ruler is going to diverge away from the orange, right? It's going to get to a point where the orange is just not touching it no more. So that's the part we're measuring, that, that rate, right? Now... The laser is about a 0 0.08 millirad, which I don't, I'm, I'm probably sure you don't know what that is. A lot of people don't. I mean, I didn't even know what it was not, like not too long ago. The MRAD skull gives you the ability to calculate like the divergence of the beam, like depending on the distance it's going. For this 25-mile test, I believe the 0 0.08 millirad uh, divergence is close to 3 meters of width. So we can calculate that. Like We can know that the beam is going to spread 3 meters, right? Now, the laser is sitting 2 meters above the you know, about, 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 sorry, two meters above sea level. And it's being shot at six, 12, and 41 kilometer targets that are 1.5 meters of elevation. So that means there's three observers, three points of, uh, you know, observers that can see this horizontal pan of this laser, right? Now, on the furthest distance at the 25 mile mark, the shortest target on the WGS84 model, which is the Oblate Spurin model, is 90 meters. That means in order to observe that, that laser on line of sight, straightforward, it would have to be 90 meters of height, but the people are at 1.5 meters. Now, that's a big discrepancy right there, you know, over a large body of water. And if we even gave the standard refraction model, because I know a lot of people argue that refraction could cause the laser to bend down and make it be observable by the observer. Uh, if we gave you the 7.6R standard refraction, that would only shave off five meters off the observation, making it an 85 meter, right? you'd have to be 85 meters of height to see it. So that's still not even close to 1.5. So uh, based on all these observations and measurements, the Earth is definitely not the size they claim it is. 
Do you know what he means when he says 85 or 90 meters uh, observer's height? Do you, you understand what he's talking about there? Observer's height? Yeah, I'll, yes. I'll post. I'll post a picture real quick. I'll let you go. I'll continue. God's rocket. Let me just post a picture so she uh, she can see the reference. Uh, continue. You get, uh, three feet per meter. Oh, oh. So basically, you multiply the number of meters times three to get the feet. Roughly. Okay. How are you? Anyway, it, what that ninety meters is is that's the distance that the Earth would have fallen away on if it were a globe. The globe that they say it is. It's a. There's a calculation that can be used. The curve calculator can tell you how far down over the curve you should be. And if you're at 25 miles, you should be 90 meters, which is what? How many feet is 90 meters? That's uh, three times nine. That's 20, 270 feet. So that means that you would be 270 feet over the edge, and the laser beam would be 270 feet above your head if it were on a ball. If you were on a ball and you were trying to get this laser beam to hit you in the face so you could see it, if you were on a globe, you'd be 270 feet down if the laser beam were shooting straight out over a curved surface. But instead, what's happening is you're being able to see the laser beam at about, you know, like he says, the laser beam expands in size because it comes out of the comes out of the laser about two inches around. By the time it goes 25 miles, it's like three meters wide. So it, the, the beam does get bigger, but it's three meters. It's only like 10 feet, which you're supposed to be 270 feet down over the edge. So this 10-foot size beam really doesn't make that much of a difference. It's still pretty much a straight line. So the only way that you can see, only way that you can see that laser beam is if you are up on a level surface and you could be 10 feet lower than where the laser beam is set, but you couldn't be 270 feet. So the discrepancy is only maybe 10 feet. So basically over 25 miles, it's pretty much flat. Yeah. And in, in reality, it is actually flat. Yeah. So. Well said. The one yeah, thing I wanted that's... to add to that is like, so just happy if you could picture it. If ima if you imagine wherever anybody was standing, they're standing on top of the ball. You know what I mean? Because if it's a ball, wherever anyone is standing, they're standing on the top. And if you were standing at the top of a ball with a laser and you shot it, then obviously it's going to shoot a straight line, especially if you leveled it. But then the, the part that's supposed to be going down in a way on a ball, that's never been found anywhere. Down and that's a big deal, right? Because it's supposed to go down and away if it's a ball. Over the curved arc, so you, point A, over the distance of that arc to point B, point B is always descended down and away. Yeah. Remember the claim when they say boats go over the curvature, over the horizon, that's what they mean. Yeah. But it's not actually happening, boats are not going over the curvature, it's optical. Yeah. So, so what do you think? Do you, do you understand the geometric problem here, Happy? Do you understand what we're trying to... Yes, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. there's uh, numbers, you know, Happy, that they give us that they say this 
that are the measurements for this globe. And so you, you were saying, you said something earlier, like how can we know anything or, you know, I, I don't know if that was your exact words, but something like that. Um, yeah. The thing is, I mean, what people have been trying to explain to you is we can't, there's some things we can't know. We can't go to this alleged place called outer space that we can actually um, explain to you why it's impossible for that place to even exist in the way that they say it does due to um, them claiming that it's a vacuum. So yeah, we can't know anything about that. That's that's the whole problem is we can't verify a lot of these stories and images that they're giving us. But what we can do is take these numbers that they say are, is the size of the place we live, and then we can test them in reality and see that we observe things and see things in the distance that we wouldn't see if it were the way they said. So that doesn't mean that we know um, definitely how it is, you know, or everything about the earth, because we don't, because we have a lot of limitations to exploration. But um, but we do know that it's not the model that they give us. The globe model fails. It doesn't predict what we see.